Ethos. Okay, if you're feeling in a slump, if the news has gotten the best of you, you've come to the right place because this is going to be a fun one. I'm excited. Hopefully, you'll leave excited and more positive uh, than when you came. This is The Next Simple Step, a podcast where we explore the next steps on your path to better health, physically, mentally, and spiritually. It's all connected. And Mm -hmm. I'm Paul. I'm Angela. And uh, we're honored you're here listening to us. If you have a question for us, feel free to text. The number is 559-574-3210. And Angela, amidst all of the busyness, we're both really busy. Entrepreneurs have several uh, things going on at one time, families. And uh, it's it's fun because we enjoy our work. We love our families. And we sort of have to balance it all. And then take perspective. And that's what I want to do today because there has never been a better time to be alive. Do you believe that? Do you feel that? I would say there's never been a more exciting. Well, I don't know. I guess you could make an argument. See, see already my contrarian portion of me wants to make an argument for it, but I get what you're saying. I mean, like, of you don't course, have this to is agree. a great time to be alive. This is a great time to be alive. Right. If you, when would you rather be alive during Roman conquests, right? Like you want to be alive during the Renaissance period or, <laughs> well, or during, you know, medieval wanna... times. No, thank you. I'll take what I know right now. So I'll agree to that. I don't want to speak for you, but like as a woman, uh, you couldn't vote a hundred and a hundred years ago. So <laughs> it was like, there's, oh, don't know, go there, my friend. Don't well, go. The, the, so, <laughs> but as snarky a... comments I could put in there. <laughs> no, no, please do. I'm just saying like by all measures. Uh, okay. And cause I looked it up so I can back up my argument here, but uh, let's just take global, you know, poverty as uh, a serious topic. Uh, that's people living on less than a dollar 90 a day in 1990. That's not that long ago. It was over one in three people, 36% of the world's population uh, was in extreme poverty. By 2010, that number had cut more than in half to 16%. That is a good thing. And you don't then, hear that stuff on the news. You no, never hear, you only hear problems. <laughs> it gets better. So it went from 36% to 16. Five years later in 2015, it was 10%, one in 10. Still not good because there's still uh, lots of people in poverty. But think about that. That number is going in the right direction. That was 2015, one in 10 people uh, down from over one in three. The current number, and it it went up a little bit due to COVID, uh, but overall trend, it's in the single digits now. It's under 9% currently. And uh, the way things are trending, it's projected to be under 6% by 2030. That's incredible. Yeah. From 36% to 6%. That's millions and millions of people lifted out of extreme poverty. And uh, again, let's not quit until that number is you know, statistically zero. <laughs> that would be the goal. And part one of my companies, I do consulting with nonprofits that work on that very problem, help people in extreme poverty, because I'm passionate about that. Because we talk a lot about health on here. Uh, it's hard to maintain any health uh, when you're struggling to survive when you don't yes. have proper nutrition or any nutrition. Clean uh, water. I mean, that is a, I mean, just that very, even aside from the nutritional side, I mean, there's so many places in the world where they don't even have clean water. So they're getting, you can get diseases, parasites. I mean, you'll just die from the drinking water in some of these places. That's a basic essential. Too. That's so true. And I think we take that for granted. So, you know, just be grateful. You have running water. 
you have food in your pantry, uh, then you're doing pretty good. Right. And you're very uh, rich <laughs> in, absolutely. In essence, compared we're, to a lot. We're all Although it's rich. changing. It's changing because there are a lot of amazing organizations. I was I was watching a video from one of them recently where they, you know, there there's so much, there's so many organizations that are going into these places of extreme poverty, creating sources for clean water. It's yes. actually so much cheaper now. It's actually so much more possible now than it's ever been to be yes. able to provide people with simple solutions in these remote places and then getting them fed and and things like that. So you're right that I mean that that is a positive trend. Of course it never makes the news. You're never going right. to see that on CNN or well, any no, other news. Well no, because the, the news is a business. Thank you for saying that because guess what? I don't blame CNN because they have a, a phrase in the news business, if it bleeds, it leads. That's and been true it makes, from the beginning. <laughs> it makes for dramatic pictures. Uh, when you see people with distended bellies, you know, near starvation, it's horrific. And it makes for, you know, it, we all have a visceral action, as we should, because no human should be like that. But, you know, war makes for good news business, uh, but terrible for humanity. And so at some point, we have to decide to turn off the news and start paying attention on to the good happening in the world and lean into it. Give to those nonprofits. There's a lot oh, of them. Great. If there's a, you know, if there's something that's near and dear to your heart, I highly encourage, you know, there's there's people in the world doing something about that. Join them. Either go to work for them, give money, give your time, volunteer, whatever. Um, but you know, there's all kinds of biases we all operate from, and one of them is called the selection bias. And it simply is the way we notice things more um, that we pay attention to. So, you know, you buy a red car, you notice red cars all around that you didn't notice before. And so, if you follow all you know political Twitter, you're going to notice all of the politics going on, and you're going to get all worked up about that. And then you're not going to solve any problems. And no. so for me, it was like, I, I'm in, I was interested in politics. I studied in college and I'm like, but guess what? Why was I interested in politics? Because I'm interested in helping people in, you know, working together as a society to make it better for everybody, but is shouting about political arguments, you know, on Facebook actually helping anybody. And for me, the answer is no. What can I do? I can, um, you know, help my my friends and neighbors. I can give uh, to uh, nonprofits that are helping uh, across the globe. And that brings me great satisfaction and joy to do that. So we talked about it. it's a great time to be alive, uh, not just the global poverty, but, you know, goes hand in hand, the mortality rate. Um, during the 1900s, mortality rates just in the United States and in all developed countries, because again, uh, when you have the means to improve health, you do. In 1900, the annual mortality rate was um, one in 42 Americans. Uh, in 1998, on the age-adjusted basis, the rate had dropped to one in 125 people. Basically, it improved 67% the mortality rate. And there were two factors. We got, you know, science, we got better with treating cardiovascular disease and we got better at keeping babies alive yes. uh, because, you know, infant mortality was, has been a big deal through that. I mean, that's totally. babies don't die in, in more developed nations anymore, you Correct. know, not the, at the same rate. They, I mean, there, there's still SIDS, there's still things that sure. happen, but I mean, back in the day you had maybe a 50, 50 chance Maybe I even know, women died in childbirth a lot Again, more. Because we take for granted. I had three healthy kids. And when my daughter was born, she wasn't breathing right away. We didn't hear her cry. It was terrifying in that moment. 
but we were in you know a hospital in in the United States and we had the best medical care available. They were equipped. They rushed her to the ICU. They got her on oxygen right away, so her yeah. brain wasn't deprived of oxygen. And uh, it was you know a terrifying few hours, but now she's a thriving eleven year old, no health issues whatsoever. And you know, a hundred years ago, that wouldn't be the case, right? Um, yep. And so I don't take for granted my family's health, my health, and our access to uh, true health care, not just sick care, going to the doctor when we're sick, that's good, but also preventative care. And we talk a lot about that on this podcast. But I really wanted to use this as a as a uh, diving off point to talk about, um, you know, how we are proactive with our well-being and our health. And again, I'm not just talking physical health, but I think even more importantly is your mental health because if you if you have a stuck mindset you're not going to physically uh do anything uh if your mind uh shuts you down. And right. so I really think it starts with having a positive mindset that you know you can be healthy. Uh not that you can have it all. I think that's maybe part of the trouble we get into because as we get wealthier we also buy a lot of things we don't need and get entangled in a lot of things that entertain us, but also make us sick. And so it is an equilibrium there uh, as there's a term for it, right? What's the term? It's uh, affluenza. That's what the word I say. <laughs> you're affluent, but you're making yourself sick. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, you know, uh, make sure the things you're buying are actually good for you. But um, really what I wanted to talk about today is we all have so much, so much time in a day um, but really, with you know, priming your mind for positivity about what contributions you want to make to society today, and to do that is not about better time management. That's a big industry, mm -hmm. um, but we've all got a you know, twenty four hours in a day. It really is about energy management. Ooh, and, I've literally been diving into this all weekend. Oh, um, we so didn't talk I, about this ahead of time. It's, this no, awesome. no, we didn't. That's not ironic to me that you're going there because I've been living in that space for the past three days. <laughs> well, well, tell me, where do you go with energy management? It's true. We all know we need better sleep, but it's so much more than that. And so talk to me about what you've been learning. And because I'm fascinated with how we regulate our energy and, and have enough to maximize our days, right? There's so many different terms for this. And I think that's where it can kind of, because a lot of people, there's a lot of different coaches and a lot of different gurus and experts that kind of say the same thing, but they all say it differently. And the the coaching container that I've been in over the weekend, um, the coach kind of puts it, I'm, I'm going to get her her words wrong. Um, but, but basically what I've gotten out of it is there's two types of energy. We've got that physical energy and motivate like emotional and motivational energy. And that's the type of energy that most people are always trying to resource. But then that energy is the energy that will get you sideways when life happens, because most people are just kind of operating on the regulation of how I'm feeling right now. How do I feel? Do I feel motivated? How am I feeling emotionally? And so you're only being productive or you're only able to be productive if you're happy or you're feeling good or you're not stressed or life is doing well or I'm motivated, you know, but the but the truth is like life's going to happen. And, and to get to the next level, she's training, you have to put the energy, a different type of energy, which is more of a space, which is more of a focus, which is more of a I'm declaring, I'm decreeing, I'm deciding it's an intention 
where you're saying today, I'm going to show up as this person today. I'm going to fixate my energy here. I'm going to, you know, and it's, and it's a deeper intentionality. Now I've heard some gurus and people kind of talk about it's, it's a deeper, like if, so the words that I keep hearing this, this weekend, the past couple of days have been, you need to be in your body. And, and that might, might be a little bit, not everybody may resonate with that, but when we're stuck in our headspace and we're and we're just constantly just stuck in the darting thoughts that are bouncing around in our brains, that's that first level of energy, that emotional motivational energy. The second type of energy that is deeper that you when you tap into it, you can stay consistent, you can start to go to the other places, you can start that you have to kind of go into your body and you have to tap into your gut. You have to tap into your heart. And I've heard, you know, it expressed as you need to open your heart space is, mm-hmm. is one way that, that some people have said, and I can physically feel it. I can physically feel the differences between I'm living in my head and I'm constantly having this neurotic conversation in my head. And I, I have breaks sometimes where I'll have to remind myself, oh, get into my body. Yes. I need to get into my body. And then when I get into my body, it kind of, it almost feels like you sink into yourself and you, you feel grounded with your gut. You feel grounded with your heart. And that's a different energy. Now here's the problem. Unless you spend time practicing this, it's hard to do. It's hard to switch. You actually need time practicing, just like you would practice going to the gym, just like you right. would practice an instrument. And most people, when they set their day, they're so like stressed, like hit the ground running, get my stuff together. I don't have time to focus on me that they're just going off on that, whatever energy they have for the day that they woke up with. And they aren't actually setting like a thermostat with their own lives, with their own selves, the energy. So I've that's, and I know morning routines are important to you. Yes. Morning routines are important to me and they've changed what I do in my morning routine may change. But I've learned that the days that I get up and I intentionally set my energy for the day, I intentionally set just who who am I going to be show up as today? Who am I going to be today? When I do that intentionally, my day completely changes and I'm able to stay consistent with the things that are important to me versus just kind of being tossed about by how I feel. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And stop trying to multitask. It's not possible. No. Uh, you you can do it really. You, you can direct switch. your energy. You right. got to direct your energy. You, <laughs> and you can burn yourself out really fast. And I know people pride themselves on being able to multitask. And uh, typically I've noticed women more than men proud of this fact. Now, maybe I'm generalizing, but uh, that's what I've noticed. And That's because we usually have little people screaming at us while we're trying to get something done and we fair. have to learn they're never going to stop talking. I'm just going to have to learn to do it anyway. <laughs> fair. But deciding, right, am I uh, going to turn work off now and be a mom? And I understand there's some impossible choices and you know, you're know you always a mom, of course. But truly, it, literally, you can't multitask. You can switch back and forth yeah. really quickly. Um, but as you said, you've got to be grounded Even in your body, energy. not out yeah. of your mind. And so right. um, you have to pause and say, where am I right now? Physically, mentally, spiritually, I got to get my head in the game. Uh, years ago, I read Getting Things Done by David Allen. Highly recommended. It's a productivity th- uh Uh, technique. And one of the things he recommends is once you capture all of the things that are on your mind that you've got to do, uh, you have to, you know, clarify the context and organize things around your energy, essentially. So he keeps a list of things called phone. And so when he's stuck 
you know, in traffic, uh, you know, in the the pickup line, or, you know, maybe you're in the waiting room uh, for an appointment, um, or waiting on somebody at lunch, whatever the case may be. And you you look at it, you say, okay, I got about 10 minutes till my appointment. Uh, I need to go change this reservation. It's going to take about seven, five to seven minutes. Uh, context dependent. So he's managing his energy. And there's a list of, you know, phone calls you have to make. Because I think to Traditionally, a lot of us, uh, you know, have a legal pad or or notes in our phone of all the things that like we've got to get done, um, but they're not ranked by energy and availability. And so you kind of plow through in your day of whatever's most pressing, what's on fire, and it's, it's like, like the day- cerebral uh, approach to it. Oh, That's these right. are important. This is on fire. I'm feeling anxious. This I need to deal with this first, even if it's not the thing that matters the most. Totally, I'm interested in preventing as many fires as possible. Right? Right? No fire drills is what I like to say. <laughs> and there's a Harvard Business Review article. I'll share it in the show notes uh, that basically talks uh, about this very thing, just about managing uh, your energy and talking about the science of stamina. And it points out that this is good for companies. Um, it helps with their output. And they give very specific case studies from companies where the executives actually helped people focus on not just staying as busy as possible or working the most number of hours, but managing their energy. And they they proved Everything. that multitasking undermined their productivity. And it was costly uh, and because um, it, essentially you lose 25% of uh, your focus at minimum when you're switching back and forth. And so what they showed was it's far more efficient for your energy to focus for 90 uh, to 120 minutes, two hours, and then take a true break, then focus on the next activity. Don't have your email alerts and your text alerts and all those things on when you're trying to focus. And that really means doing one thing at a time. Um, And of course, this seems like common sense. I just think that, you know, maybe it's fear. uh, It's it's really just not taking proper perspective uh, to unhook from, you know, say no to a lot of things so that you can really focus on the priorities uh, of getting things done. And easier said than done, I get it. But I think really what we're talking about is showing up every day and honoring your your greatest commitments. I mean, there's stuff that's got to get done. I get it. But maybe you're not the right person to do it or get it started. Um, so it might be, um, you know, stop trying to be a martyr and recruit some help <laughs> with certain tasks that suck your energy dry. Um, because another thing, there's a lot of popular personality tests and all these things that talk about how we naturally uh, behave, about how we naturally get stuff done. We're right. not all the same. No. And so energy levels and personalities are not all the that's same. That's it. So for me, what I'm really exploring right now is uh, what activities, what tasks, uh, what things bring me the most energy, because then I'm going to be better at them. I can get more done uh, if I'm at a higher level of energy. And yeah. the things that suck my energy dry are not things I'm naturally gifted at. Now, because you know I'm a responsible person, I can I can do a lot of things, but if they're energy depleting, I'm going to get a lot less done that day. Uh, for me, it's like <laughs> anything with my hands, like trying to mechanically fix something, I'm done. I'm zapped out for the day yeah. uh, because I am just not wired that way. And, you know, that took a long time to <laughs> convince, you know, my wife and myself like, okay, I'm going to, I'm okay with that because 
I'm just not wired that way. I'm a, a dreamer. I'm a vision guy. I'm a motivator. I can, you know, I see what needs to get done and I know how to gather the people and the resources to get it done, but I'm not the guy to actually assemble the thing. Right. Uh, so Ikea is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can hire people for IKEA. That's right. <laughs> Putting it together. Uh, and so bringing this back home to like, you know, managing your health, it really is managing, you know, your energy. Now, uh, that means like when and what you eat, you know, when and how you exercise, and then also when and how you do work. All of the things are connected. Um, but I think if you take one by one and really um, schedule your day around the, the tasks that are most important and when you have the energy to accomplish them. And you're going to feel a lot more productive, if you will, because if you plow through just the to-do list, you're not going to get done and you're going to get frustrated that you didn't get most of the things on the list done right. because they were not arranged in a, in a place that you can really you know, jump into flow and thrive with the energy you have at that moment. And that kind of comes back to who are you being, right? Yes. Because if you can arrange things, there's the strategy of how to arrange things. So I stay more in flow, but that all stems from knowing what flow is for you and, and starting off the day saying, you know, making that intention and saying, I'm going to lead with the energy of who I'm going to be today, with who I'm choosing to be today and how I'm going to choose my thoughts and what I'm going to choose to focus on. That's part of how am I being. So in regulating your energy, it is kind of that emotional intelligence that we've talked about a lot, which is saying I'm not because several times today, I'll just be honest, Paul, I wake up and this probably isn't the best thing, but it's just what it is for now. Okay. So no judgment. I wake up and the first thing I hear is the news. Like, because I'm into talk radio. So yeah. I wake up and to help me get out of bed, I'm listening to talk radio. So I've already got negativity flowing through my brain. Okay. Theoretically. Right. Right. But then I intentionally, like, I'll go to the gym, I'll intentionally move my body. And then I shut that off and I get the music and I start to get some positivity, you know, pumping and all these other things. And then by the time I'm done with the gym, you know, for me recently, it's been, I do an energy walk. I do a walk where I'm setting my intentions, where I'm kind of doing affirmations. I'm, I'm claiming and, you know, do, doing a lot of stuff, inner work, you know, while I'm doing that walk. And, and if I, on the days when I don't set that intention internally first, and I'm just like, I'm waking up to the news and to the talk radio and I'm spiraling down mm -hmm. from there if I'm just allowing myself to spiral and allowing my emotions to get the best of me and my emotions are running the show, I'm not productive those days. Mm -hmm. I'm not. So it does start with who are you being at the beginning and realizing I have the power to choose my focus. I have the power. I, I have moments of anxiety. Like I, I finished getting the kids off to school. I started to walk back and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start my day. And I started feeling anxious. I didn't even know why, but I'm still in charge of who I get to be. So when I'm in charge of who I get to be and I say, okay, I'm allowed to feel anxious, but I'm going to let the energy of who I am, of that powerful person and who I'm serving and what my mission is today to come forth with that, then all of a sudden I was able to kind of surf that anxiety, take care of the task that was creating the anxiety, and now I'm good. Yeah. So that's, you know, really understanding that you have to, to get into flow is going to require you also knowing yourself 
being intentional about setting your energy, setting your, your focus. Like you said, I get to choose what I focus on. Am I going to be anxious about something? Am I going to be anxious about this task? Or am I going to say, no, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm in control. I am going to serve people like this today. I'm going to show up like this today. And then you can take the strategy of saying, okay, like for me, writing, writing depletes my energy. Mm. Now, unfortunately, in what I have to do, I'm the only one who can write it. And I've taken a lot of work and classes and I've spent a lot of time refining my writing and things like that. So I don't want someone else to do it, but it still saps a lot of energy. So I have to stack it, right? I have to stack that task. Um, against other things that are going to give to me. So like meetings, usually I feed off of the energy of that. So maybe I need to stack it or I need to be careful. I'm not scheduling anything after I do the heavy writing, right? Or I'm not. So there's always going to be those tasks. But when you know yourself and when you're able to better control that emotional energy and get into that deeper energy, then you can do exactly what you just said, which is the strategy of stacking it, putting it in the right places, mm -hmm. and then realizing you're never going to finish your to-do list. Because as soon as you finish it, something else is going to go on there. And right. that's okay. And that's okay. You just have to do what you need to do for this day to move the needle forward to get where you need to go this week. Can I challenge you? Uh, maybe offer yeah. a suggestion and, and you Please. can totally uh, tell me to take a hike. But uh, <laughs> I just want to challenge your assumption that you're the only one uh, that can do the writing. I understand it's from your voice. You're a coach. Uh, however, one particular strategy that comes to mind, I know some people that do ghostwriting for a living. I know some people that have basically verbalized because you're a radio broadcaster by training and we do this podcast and you have mm -hmm. no problem talking. And so I just wonder. I talk, you, text it sometimes. Okay. Yeah, it's still, it's, it's more, it's, see, the problem is, um, actually, this isn't a problem. I am really good at writing. Uh, it just, it, and it's not, and I could outsource it. I haven't been happy with the people I've outsourced it to. So part of me is kind of like, no, I want it to be my voice. I, I hear you. I, you know, and so I'm not ready to do that because I've heard that before. Well, and you would if, still speak to somebody. So having an editor, basically, or a writer, you schedule time on Zoom and you talk for an hour or two hours and then they do the editing, massaging and make it all flow, but it's still your voice, right? Yeah. So um, I would hire a copywriter in the vein of the specific method that yeah. I've been trained on. It's just like most people haven't been trained. I really love the meth. I've spent so much time and energy <laughs> I get and it. money I get it. developing my method and most people don't have it. Like I, sure. I don't want it. It's like, I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to, you need to be able to write it like this and you need to know this method. And so I would maybe consider it. I have actually hired some of the coaches I've worked with to help me with the copywriting have offered, Hey, we're willing to write you X amount of posts. And I'm like, yes, done, do it. You know, and I've, and I've, I've outsourced it, but it like, it's a trust thing. So at, at some point I probably will get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I, I can train someone to outsource it a little bit more, but the truth is all of the, the, um, people that I follow in, in my space and the mentors that I've had and the coaches that I have, they still to this day, write their own copy. It's just, it just serves them well. Now, will there be a time when maybe it'll feel easier for me? Maybe, I don't know. It's always been a labor to some degree. Even when I was on the radio, like every day, that was a labor. That was not easy for me. That felt hard every day. 
like it never got easier. It's just, I know I lot I need a lot of meds, but I always felt rewarded. Like after yeah. it was done, I'd be like, yeah, that I like that. That was great. You know, but it, the process of putting it together a lot of times was very like, oh, my brain hurts from thinking about this so much. So it just takes a lot of energy from me even if it's something I feel like I want to do or is rewarding, but I am open to that in the future. Well, and there, like, there are trade how to outsource it. Right. And so on the days that you commit to writing, maybe, you know, there's certain tasks that you can't also do, right. You have to yes. really manage your energy uh, reservoir. And uh, I love tech and measuring things and it sort of gives me answers or clues. Uh, one of the things I have is a Garmin watch that measures this and they have a thing on it. It's called body battery and it's pretty spot on uh, because it, it measures that. heart rate variability <laughs> and uh, you know, the oxygen uh, VO2 max uh, that's uh, flowing uh, through my, you know, heart, lungs and circulatory system and all those things. And if I get a good night's rest, I started a hundred percent. And then, you know, I exercise and I do uh, a lot of mental work and zoom meetings that do drain my battery uh, and all those things. And if I measure my energy, well, uh, I get to the end of the day and I'm about 30% left and I feel good. But when I get it down into the teens and <laughs> down into the single digits, I'm not my best, right? Yeah. All of yeah. my energy is depleted and I'm a zombie at that point. And so what I try to do is keep it from completely depleting because I don't want to be that person I am uh, when I, you know, I can't focus and I'm shorter tempered and all of yep. those things. I'm like, I just need to get sleep at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is so important. You don't have to get the watch, um, but you can just naturally know that like when you're depleted, um, you aren't the best version of yourself. So, you know, rearrange and organize your day. For me, that really is getting ideal about when uh, I have the most energy in the morning for creative projects. And then after lunch, it's respond to email because that doesn't take a ton of creative mental power. And I'm kind of zapped at that point. And I have to take breaks throughout the day to rev up, to renew my energy so that I can get through yes. the end of the day. Me too. Um, as much as I don't like to take rest because I feel like I need to be more productive. I've had to learn that ultimately to be more productive is not spending more time because there's a point of diminishing return. When you're out mm -hmm. of energy, uh, you can be busy, but you're not going to be especially productive. So yes. I'm done being busy. It works smart, not hard, right? Yes, I agree with that. And that's the only reason like I've the things that I've kept like I finally outsourced my social outsourced my social media, like in terms of graphics and posting and mm -hmm. things like that, just because I hated it so much. And I'm like, I don't need to be hands on with that because it would just sap all my energy. So, you know, it is important to only keep the tasks that are essential for you. Right. But it's funny. You, you talk about your day. Um, with how you order yours, I'm the complete opposite. Like mm. I, I, I need to do like the email and the stuff like that first, because once I get it off my plate, I feel like, oh, now I can just have space to be creative. It's so funny. And so that's where you, like you said, the personalities are going to totally. come into play. You're going to just need to know. I know that in my day, if I can do a couple of the things that, that are small, but feel stressful to me, like responding to people, if I just get that off my plate, then like right now, after we're finished here, I've got all this creative energy. I can just sit and no one can bother me. And I'm just going to go work on some creative stuff and I can just lose track of time. 
I and I, I work so good that way, but not everybody works that way. And so that's where you really have to know what, what, what you need, you know, yeah. what, and what revs you up. In, yes. What gets you uh, going. And sometimes, you know, that's just physical movement. You need to take a walk to, to get out. If you're, uh, if you're stuck, you know, coming up with a creative idea or, or whatnot, the best thing in the world, in my opinion, you can do Maybe, you know, have uh drink some water, but then go for a walk, get some natural yeah. light. Like yep. don't just stay in the same There's physical studies space. That, that support yes. that too. I leave. In fact, that's that used to be <laughs> a strategy. Out. I should probably do yeah. that for my writing, which I have to do later mm -hmm. today. I used to go before the pandemic, I used to go to Starbucks or like a, mm -hmm. a grocery store that had like a eat-in kind of area, any place, and I would just get into a different energy space so that I could get through those tasks. And it was so much easier to do it. So even the space that you're in is going to change your energy. Sometimes. You can't hack these things. I know there's so many energy drinks on the market. Please look at the ingredients though. <laughs> caffeine and, has diminishing returns. Yeah, caffeine, <laughs> caffeine. I love caffeine. I love uh, drinking coffee in the morning. I don't, yeah. I, I try to limit it in the afternoon because it affects my sleep. But uh, most of those energy drinks, I cringe because they're full of sugar and they're going to crash you. Faster. You are going to crash so bad. <laughs> and it, it's all connected. So, anyway, uh, I hope this is helpful. But um, stop, turn off the talk radio. No offense. I grew up listening to it. <laughs> I love it. If there's a show like I'm this, I'm still working on it. <laughs> I'm all about, um, you know, shows that are uh, about things that are positive, about health helping me meet my goals. And so I found that more in the podcast world than I did on the radio. Yeah. Um, but that's a shame because uh, both of us sharing a love for radio, maybe we should take this podcast on the radio. That'd be fun, right? But hey, you listen wherever. We don't need the radio. You can listen wherever you That's listen the to beauty. You, you are not limited by radio take it to with be able you. to hear us. <laughs> um, but tell me how this works. I mean, pay attention. And one thing you can do, I've done this before, is you, you just set reminders on your phone to check in with yourself because you get so busy. You can have the best of intentions when you first wake up, but then you get blasted by all the email and the people calling and interrupting. And if you're working from home, family coming in the room and it's like, yeah, by 10, 11 o'clock, that plans out the window. So mm -hmm. if you set a reminder on your phone every two hours of, you know, how's my energy? Do I need to stop and take a deep breath and walk around the block? Whatever it is to like reset but get those resets in the day, set up your ideal day, find when you're most creative and schedule your most creative work for that time. And, and don't try to do the things that deplete you of your energy before that, because it's a, you know, it's very defeating and uh, frustrating. And I just think that if we actually pay attention to our own bodies, because we can trick our minds all day long. We can lie to ourselves. We do deceive ourselves in all sorts of ways. Like I can do that. I can put in a little extra effort. I can do this, but your your body keeps the score. It it yes. knows that you tried to sneak in some more work before bed and now your mind's racing and you can't sleep. And then that affects your work output energy the next day. And uh, it's just a vicious cycle. I realize there's some seasons where you have to work double shifts and you just have to accept that, but that should not be kind of the permanent setting for uh, your you know, work life. We talk about work life play balance is like optimize so that you have the appropriate energy for your family, for yourself, and then finally for your work. And you're going to feel a lot better and you're going to get a lot more quality things done uh, if you do that.
And I think, you know, with that said, you better get to writing. I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do because this was uh, very uh, life-giving to me. So I need to go embark on a creative project myself. <laughs> and uh, I hope, you know, l- let's hear from you. What do you use to manage your energy? And if you're feeling stuck, give us a text, 559-574-3210. Thanks for listening to the Next Simple Step podcast. <laughs>